My condolences to all you Bruin fans out there. You know, college football. You know, college football has been pretty crazy this year. It's been really fun. And I don't know if you guys are sports fans. I know some of you are. You know, the Lakers? Are you any of you Lakers fans? Gosh, they're, a, they're just a scrappy little bunch, aren't they? Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. You know, this, um, this morning is our... Uh, our Thanksgiving Sunday, but you know what that means also? It means next week it starts Advent, Christmas. Christmas starts here next week. We're going to have the church decorated this week, and so when you come here next Sunday, it'll be all set up. So it's kind of neat. If you have your programs, open up and pull out your connection card, and your connection card um, is your opportunity to, to just share with us and this, this is your maybe first or second time, please for sure uh, give us a little bit of information so we can officially welcome you. It's this gold and white card here. So fill it out to the degree you like. And then on the back, there are opportunities for here for you to connect with us in different ways if you have a question or you'd like us to contact you. Um, and while you're doing that, you know, well, let me just share with you after you're done with that, just leave it on the pew. But as you're uh, doing that, I just want to share with you some things on the back of the program. We delivered the shoe boxes this past Friday, and you guys did a terrific job. Almost 500 shoe boxes were filled that are going all over the world to children. And that's just a great job you guys did. But I really want to thank Lynn Matachek. Lynn, stand up. You know, this is her baby right here. You know. You know, you, you can tell when someone's doing something from the heart. You know, you, you can go in any store. You can go, you know, have any kind of people service. And you can tell when someone does something from the heart or when someone's just doing it. And, and Lynn just does this, every aspect of these shoeboxes from the heart. And it, it excites her when we see the response. And she, she, she reminds us where it's going. And, and you can just tell it is she really, the Lord has really given her a heart for this ministry. So thank you, Lynn. It's a blessing to, to us as well as to all those who are going to be receiving it. Um, just also while you're filling out your card, we go Christmas caroling. If you've never uh, gone Christmas caroling with this church, every year we, we have a, a group that goes to some of the uh, homes, uh, the care facilities around here, uh, and we go Christmas caroling. That will be December 3rd. So just mark that on your calendar. We'll have more information next Sunday. And... Um, and this is something for today. We need some young, strong backs. That doesn't include me. Uh, immediately it takes me out of the way. But if you have a young, strong back and you'd like to help, we don't need many, but we, ha- we need help for some people to help us get down the Christmas decorations that are on the second floor of the other building and bring them down closer to the sanctuary here, and the people will use the- those for decorating next week. So if you're able to help, it'll just take maybe around 10 minutes, uh, I think, maybe a little bit more. But if, if you can help, you uh, just meet in the back in the foyer right there by the, uh, by the sofas and the couches, and uh, someone will coordinate and help you, uh, know, show you where these things are, and if you can help bring those boxes down, that'd be a great help. Okay? Thank you. Other things on the back of your program, just keep an eye on that. Today we have our Orange Family Time Uh, We have Christmas devotionals that are going to go out next week. These are devotionals that were written by people in our church. 
And so we put them into a booklet, and uh, it's all nice, and it starts. It's a day-by-day Christmas devotional that, uh, that starts next Sunday, uh, Advent Sunday. So those, bo- those booklets will be in the foyer of, our, of the church next Sunday. Just something for you to keep in mind. Okay? Well, if you have your Bible, I invite you to open up to Luke chapter 17. We're going to look at a, um, at a text that is probably the most used text, I think, when we talk about thankfulness. And I haven't taught on this in a while, so I thought I'd go back to it. It's just a neat, neat, neat story. So Luke chapter 17. We'll see what the, we'll read what the good, good doctor has written for us today. Luke 17, we're going, I'm going to start reading at verse 12. And I'm going to read 12 through 19. So if you don't have your Bible, it should be on the screen here above me. Okay, Luke 17, starting with, with verse 12. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Let's just stop right there. Father, as we read this text out of the Gospel of Luke, Father, we pray that you would just speak to our minds, speak to our hearts, uh, and just uh, help us to, to have a clear understanding of why this is in your word and why we uh, should be looking at it today of all days. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I don't know if you know, but it is upon us, Christmas. You know, I was away out of town a while back, and I came back, turned on my radio, and there is Christmas music. You know, what is it, Coast? They're playing Christmas music all the time, you know? It's really, it's really amazing how, how early they hit Christmas, but it's kind of fun. You know, when we think of Christmas and we think of other cultures, and if you ever traveled outside the country, every country has their own holidays or their special days. And when you think about it, why do they have them? They are basically, they are reminders. When we have holidays, when we have special days of the year, they are reminders of us of different things. Take, for example, July 4th, reminder of, of of the the blessing of the quality of life we have in this country, the freedom we have, the idea of patriotism for where we are. Also, when you think of, let's say, Easter, Easter, what is it? Jesus, the source of, of, of everlasting life. When we think of Veterans Day, honoring those who serve this country and serve each one of us by serving in the military. And then you have other days like Groundhog Day, Gosh, what in the world? I mean, I just don't see it. So, so when you think of these holidays and you think of these, these different special days, some of them are really significant, but some of them are just little tiny lines in your calendar, right? Little, little tiny letters just saying, this is the such and such a day. Uh, but when we think of Thanksgiving, I think most of us would agree that Thanksgiving is, a, is one of the more significant days 
that we need to remember and we need to, to, to really acknowledge what, it, what it's about. And it lines up clearly with the Bible, for the Bible says that all who love the Lord, all who know the Lord, should have a heart, a heart of thankfulness, a heart of gratitude. You know, when I look at the Bible, I've, when I just look at all the different characters, and I've mentioned this before, I can really uh, relate with King David. King David was a flawed man. He was a flawed king. He had a lot of problems, did a lot of uh, uh, bad things. Because, but, but when we read his writings, one thing he did have, he had a real heart for the Lord. And so let me read a few verses uh, on what King David wrote in regards to his heart for the Lord. Psalm 107.8, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And, and Andrew doesn't have this when I gave him the wrong text. But in Psalm 30:12, he simply says, Oh my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And then when we read in, in, in the New Testament, Paul, he writes a letter to the, Thess of the church in Thessalonica. And, and to give you a little bit of background, when Paul was in Thessalonica and would preach about Jesus Christ, there were riots. People wanted Paul dead. And so when Paul would preach, there was one time there, there were riots forming all around him, and he had to leave, he had to flee. But yet he started this little group of believers in Thessalonica. So when he wrote this letter in 1 Thessalonians to them, we read it in chapter 5, even though this little church every day faced persecution, even though this little church was always singled out by especially the Jewish leadership and coming against them, Paul says these four words to them in 1 Thessalonians 5. In everything, give thanks. See, Paul exhorted them, he encouraged them to have a inner, an inner attitude, a heart of thanksgiving. Not just something that just mouth service, not just something that means just a day we put aside for thanksgiving, but have a constant attitude toward their life, toward the life that God has given them with a heart of thanks. Sometimes I think in our high-tech world, and, and when I look at our society, our society is so self-centered. There's so much in our society where in different, for various reasons, we think we're entitled to things. I think every generation has in some, some corner of their, of their thinking, there's a certain entitlement there. And so sometimes when we get caught up in the pace of our life and just the society around us and all the things we see and read, it's easy for, the, for thanksgiving, for a heart of thanks to get kind of lost. It kind of gets drowned out. It just doesn't, isn't there. So let's get into our text today, and let's, let's just kind of get into the story and what, what's going on here in our text in Luke 17. Let's go back to verse 12. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. So here's these ten men. See, Jesus was traveling with his, with his disciples, and they're on the border between two, let's say, counties, two provinces. They're on the border between Samaria and, and Galilee. 
And as they're traveling between these two areas, they come across this group of 10 guys who the only thing they had in common was they were lepers. You know, when you think of leprosy, if you, if you look through the Bible, in the Old Testament alone, there are over 125 verses that refer to leprosy. Just in the Old Testament alone. The Bible speaks of leprosy on the body. The Bible speaks of leprosy on the walls of your house. The Bible speaks of leprosy that's in your, that shows up on your clothing. And it, and it has, especially in Leviticus, it talks about how do you deal with this? How do you deal with this leprosy? And the worst leprosy was naturally the leprosy in, the, on your, in your flesh. Upon the appearance of any symptoms of leprosy in a person, that person was, was immediately taken to the priest. I don't know why, but the priests, or somehow they were, they were like experts in, in identifying leprosy. And if you were, were identified with leprosy, you were immediately separated from society. You were immediately separated from your family, immediately separated from your children, immediately separated from your community. Your, history, your, your job is gone. You are now a leper. And you had to dress like a leper, which means you had to wear a certain clothing that when people saw you from a distance, they could tell you were a leper. It was ragged, nasty clothing, right? And then when anyone came walking near you, you had to. You were obligated to shout, unclean, unclean, don't come near me, I'm unclean. You had to give the warning for people to stay away from you. You know what could have been started? Maybe they just, maybe, maybe it started with a little blotch on their elbow. And they go to the priest, and suddenly their life was changed. And you know, that's how it is in life, even today, that, that life can change in a moment. We know that. You know, a moment after that doctor reads that test result, your life could change. The moment you enter that intersection, your life could change. The moment you pick up that phone and you hear what's on the other end, your life can change. That's how fragile life can be. Life can change. You know, most of, of, of um, the time that I was in Brazil, uh, all the days I was in the Amazon, in Amazon we had leprosy. And uh, it was fine in the rainy, in the, in the, in the, well, in the dry season. I would, I'd go to churches, and sometimes I'd sit on a church, and there would be a leper who would be sitting next to me. And it had the toll of the skin and, and missing ears and nose and, uh, and fingers and things. And, um, and in, the, in the dry season, they were safe. But in the rainy season, you have to stay away from them. In the rainy season, they start to ooze a liquid out of their wounds. And that clear liquid, if you get that on your skin, it, it you can cause you to have leprosy also. And so, you know, but then I would look at these guys. A lot, many, most of the times they were men. And, and I'd talk to them, and I'd always remind myself, these guys once had dreams. These guys once had families. These guys had jobs and, and a livelihood and, and, and kids. And now it's gone. And that's... And for us to understand the story, you have to understand with these lepers, that's how it was. That, that everything changed in a moment. 
Let's go, let's go on in our, our reading. Let's look at verse 13. Uh, verse 13 and 14. So here they, 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 the, Jesus sees these lepers at a distance, and in 13 it says, it says, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. Let's stop right there. You know, what, what does it take to happen in your life for you to cry out like that? Because when we look at this, what kind of cry is this? This is a cry in desperation, of desperation. They're crying out to Jesus because no, there's no one else that's going to help them. There's, there's, no, there's no social services. There's no medical care. There's no one else helping them. So in desperation, they cry out to the Lord. But even though it was a cry in desperation, their cry took faith. It took faith for them to believe that Jesus can make a difference in their lives. But even though it's in desperation, and even though many of us are not in those positions, maybe not very often, but at times we are, know that the Bible tells us over and over again that God wants us. God wants us to, to cry out to him. God wants us to pull him into our lives and ask and plead and cry out and say, God, help me in this situation. Do something. If I share with you all the times I prayed, you probably think, man, that guy's just kind of a wimpy dude, isn't he? You know, it's just kind of a spiritual wimp. You know, because... Because I have grown in a custom to, when anything, you know, when I'm facing daily life, I, and I'm not just giving lip service, like, Lord, oh my gosh, I can't feel my cell phone. I can't get going. Help me find my cell phone, Lord, please, you know? Lord, this is a tough week. Help me get through this week with all the things I got to do and the schedule I have. Lord, help me know what I'm supposed to do with my life in the future. Big ticket items, little ticket items. You know, I throw everything at him. I throw everything at him. And it's not because I'm complaining. What I'm doing is I'm pulling God into my daily living. And see, that's important. If you want to live a life that is truly a relationship with God, you've got to pull God in every day. You're going to have the kind of that, that, that spiritual re, re, reflexes to pull him in and not just keep him in the back of your head, keep him in the front of your mind. And then you just think of God. I don't care if you're driving on the 605 or, or you're you know, at work at your desk. Just be willing to pull him in and, and treat him like he wants to be treated, which is a personal relationship between you and him. See, this is the way we develop what we would call a, a God-dependent life. Sounds kind of wimpy again, but hey, that's what God wants. God wants a God, our, us to live a God-dependent life, a life connected with him, not just something on Sundays. Okay? So here, here's these guys crying out to God the Son, and he responded, Go show yourselves to the priests. And you know what? As they heard that, here, he, oh my gosh, he's responding to us. Go show yourselves to the priest. And they're going, huh? And you know why? Because they were still full-blown lepers. 
The priest has already labeled them lepers. Why would they go to the priest and they're still full-blown lepers? And this hits upon a principle that is very fundamental. One of the great truisms of the Bible is that blessing many times follows obedience. See, the Bible tells us that we will reap what we sow. In other words, what our actions, the actions we choose to do are going to have certain consequences or results. When we are obedient to God's word from what you learn and what has been revealed to you, when you're obedient to that, realize what you are basically saying to God is, God, I believe that your ways are the best ways. I believe, God, that your way is the best way on how I deal with my conflicts in life. Your way is the best way when it comes to me making decisions about my finances. Your way is the best way when it comes to raising my family and, and, and dealing with personal matters. God, when I obey you, I'm telling you your way is the best way, and God wants us that from us. He wants us to take that position, and he honors obedience. Now, is obedience the panacea for all things? Of course not. Obedience doesn't cure all situations. Obedience doesn't cure all our challenges and wipe out all our crisis, crisis, crisis times. No. See, in those times, the Bible is very clear. Again, the Bible tells us that God promises and God is capable of bringing blessing out of our darkest days. And we've all faced dark times. And if you haven't faced it yet, you will. It's part of life on earth. We face dark times. And in those dark times, sometimes we're saying, God, where in the world are you? But the promise is, he's saying, hey, stick with me. Stick with me. Don't give up. It's kind of like I always picture Jesus in that boat on the Sea of Galilee. You know, he was there on the Sea of Galilee, and all his disciples are there, and this huge storm comes up, and waves are crashing on the boat and everything. And, and basically, Jesus, in those situations in our life, when we're facing that storm, we're right in the midst of the night, dark, and the waves are crashing against us. Jesus is saying to us, get your eyes off the waves. Get your eyes off the waves and focus in on me. And I'll get you there. It's a tough thing. It's a tough call. In the midst of the darkness, we're saying, what is going on? Why am I having to face this? But God is saying, stick with me. Somehow, some way, I'm going to bring blessing to you. You may not see it now. You may not see it tomorrow. You may not see it next year. But somehow, some way, I'm going to bring blessing to you. And when it comes to Thanksgiving, a lot of times when we think of, of, of thankfulness, we say, oh my gosh, it's not, it's not like this anymore. Things have changed. Well, you know, part of that Thanksgiving, it's kind of like, do you, you guys, any Dodger fans? You know, Vince Scully said some classic words when he retired. And I can't say him exactly, but basically he said, don't be sad about it ending. 
be happy or joyful that it happened. I've had some very dear people um, are home with the Lord right now. And, and I am so thankful I, my life touched their life. I'm so thankful their life touched my life. I'm so thankful I had that time with them. I'm so thankful I had a time, you know, doing, serving in Brazil, even though, man, in the midst of it, sometimes it was, it was tough. But I'm thankful for it. There are things that, that, that God says, hey, it's tough. But man, be thankful because I'm going to pull you out of it and in the midst of it, I'm going to be with you. Be thankful for that. So here's Jesus. Here he is. He says to these lepers, they're still full-blown lepers. We don't even know how they look. They could have looked just a mess. And he says to them, go to the priest. And they're thinking, okay. And they went. And what happened? They went. And look at verse 14. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. That choice, that obedience. I'm going to do it. I don't understand it. I don't fully understand it. I don't know why I would do this, but you said it. I am going to trust you, and I'm going to go, and boom. God worked in a life in a miraculous way. In a miraculous way. Get your eyes off the waves. Focus on me. So what happened? They were cured. Can you imagine? Have you... I know that some of you have experienced this. I know some of you have had ongoing, ongoing uh, illnesses and conditions, and you get that final test, and it says, you're good. It's gone. You're healed. And you are just, it's like a huge ton comes off your back, and you are just, wow. So here are these guys. They are now acceptable. They know now they're going to go before the priest, and they're thinking, oh, my gosh, I want to see my wife again. Man, I'm going to hug my kids again. Man, I'm going to try to get my old job back again. And they are excited, and boom, they are going. They're going to their, their community and home. Let's read on. Look at 15. One of them. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praising God in a loud voice. Look at 16, 17. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was, hey, he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Hey, where are the other nine? You know, most of last week, um, I was in... Andrew, who's back in the sound booth, Andrew and I are in Hawaii most of last week. You know, the things, the crazy things we have to do for Jesus, you know. But anyway, we're in Hawaii, and uh, we're busy with meetings all the time. Um, and I do not, tra- I've shared this with you, I don't travel well. I hate packing, I hate busy airports, I hate sitting in these little airplane chairs for a long time. Well, here after five and a half hours coming back to LAX, I hate LAX, but here I, I, I get home, and uh, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I just feel like... I said, I, I said I'm going to go run tomorrow. So the next day, I go to the, the high school track, and I run like I normally do. And I just, I just couldn't. The, the, it's, the, my body just couldn't take it. I have a spinal condition that keeps me from doing certain things at times. 
But anyway, I ran for a while, but then because of the, the discomfort and the pain, I just said, nope, I got to walk. So I started to walk. And it wasn't until I started walking that I realized, wow, what a wonderful evening this is. This really feels like fall weather. You know, it was just a, it was just beautiful, the sun was setting, it was cool, it was quiet, there's only one other person on the track with me, and I just really just appreciated it, and I really just thanked God for it. But it wasn't until I stopped running. See, that's a big part of Thanksgiving. Whether we like Thanksgiving or not, God wants us to pause. He wants us to pause, and he wants us to take inventory, and hopefully when we do, we're going to have sincere, genuine hearts of thanks. It may be to other people, it may be to events in your life, but hopefully a lot of it goes to the Lord, who is the giver of all good things. See, what that Samaritan leper did who is the one least expected to go back, is exactly what God wants us to do. That in all our jubilation of what life is, that we are willing to pause, that we're willing to give it some reflective thought, and that we will go before him with real hearts of thanks. You know, when Jesus saw that man just prostrated at his feet, just there on his face before him, you know, what did Jesus say? We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? You know, what are you thankful for? Does something come to your mind right now? What are you thankful for? What are you thankful for? See, I've buried a lot of people. I've done a lot of funerals. And when I do, I am so thankful for a loving and powerful Savior. I know I'm going to see some of those people again. I visit a lot of people in hospitals. I just visited somebody in Cedar sinai last week. And, and so many times I go to hospitals to visit people, I am so thankful for the quality of health care we have in this country. You know, I know of people who are seeking a job right now. And so I'm thankful for you because I wouldn't be here if it weren't for you. So, you know, get what I'm saying? We all have something we can be thankful for. And it's, a, it's, it's something that we have to choose to do. It has to be something deliberate. You know, Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? In other words, you mean those other ones that weren't blessed at all? So Thursday, that's the day set aside. should be every day, but at least Thursday. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you just happen to be at someone else's house, maybe a relative's, that's fine. That's a good place to be. If you're home by yourself uh, with a plate full of leftovers in front of you, okay, that's where you're at. If you're sitting at a curb, you know, with a Taco Bell burrito in your hand, hey, that's good too. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, I want you to pause. That's the challenge, to pause and really give it a little bit of thought and thank the Lord. Right? 
We don't want to be an ungrateful leper. Don't be one. Okay, let's pray. Father, as we, uh, as we go forward in this week, this week that this country is set aside, but it's a week that also lines up so well with your word, we want to have hearts of thanksgiving. We want to be able to, uh, to, to pause and to, and to really give it quality time and, and, and thank you for our lives and all that you've done for us. Not only all that you've done for us, all that you will do for us and continue to do for us. So bless us, Father, with hearts of thanksgiving. Help us to be pleasing to you in this way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.